Blog Talk Radio. Dreams of order, this power looks like a circus shorted. Shorted button up your jacket before you try to sport it. It's cold outside, protect your chest from unforgiving weather. I find your raw hide, chapter 10 like pig leather. Now what's better, knowing better, a mental slavery debtor. Got a vendetta for culture robbers and wool sweaters. For me, eugenics is these engineering and the prison sentence. A church and mosque with temple to face your God's penance. I'm penniless, living in the pit of poverty, pimping is. Not the perm, that Cadillac pushing prints of the pinky kiss. True pimping is corporations from multi-nations who form monopolies Distort your situation. The media's the medium, the magic on the screen. Control your emotions, tell you when to laugh and when to scream. When to cry, when to be angry, when to bring hatred on the scene. You know what I mean? Careful contemplation, what I see, my body and my brain. For thinking outside the box, or where the badge of the same. Donald Sterling proclaimed he don't want the jigaboos of this game. Can these finest slaves carry on like everything is okay? We got men in skirts and dresses. Most rappers get to address it, cause they want a two of Mac, but more where the button I press it. Oppressive, the system flexes its muscles until you check it. Organize your spiritual weaponry, now wreck it. I'm back from distant eons to chastise these peons who damage the earth for reasons. The senses for this season. Has come for the gods to return and wait with children to learn. Repent or get burned. This is the ancient man's turn to reclaim what he earned. He created with his sperm, his seed, his germ. Implemented into the great mother, none other. I ain't move propaganda, take lies, banter with slander. Cops cocking Glock hammers, handcuffing, reading Mirandas. Claiming they're right when they play South Paul, trying to jam you. Physicians just pill pushes, lawyers just crooks trying to scam you. Schools are holding cells, better yet new age plantations. Teaching kids to worship the flag of corporations of devastation. Chris Cologne was worse than Al Capone. Get it home by sitting at home. I hope this opus penetrates your dome. To at the mouth, your phone, attacking the lies they own. Oprah, I hope you listen and your Tyler Perry clone. The have not still have not sucker, but what we have got is a bunch of sad plots played out for some crumb drops. Couple houses, couple cars, some sperm shots. Yeah, your soul long gone, but your pockets got much fatter. Louisville slugger batter for the chatter. I'm out.
Whether you suffer from pain in your back to aches in your knees, come on down and purchase you some ancestral tea to get rid of all the parasites, toxins, and fleas. Spiritual elevation for cosmic gravitation. So put away the patience, because there's no time to be wasted. Telling me to pray and open up my heart. My heart is open, but I just hope he'll play his part. Jamal is pure chaos, born in winter dark. Bitter cold, the frigid winter blows. Yes, my soul is fractured by the feathers, crafting letters full of woes. Wonderings and musings of the magi confused. Automatons and neophytes think I'm a blown fuse. Label me as crazy cause I see with different visions. Understanding what they call irrelevant, my mission. Answers all around you, if you listen, pay attention. Exercise your right to rewind for your retention. Poetically, I speak to you and hope to make intentions. Sincerely, H.J. As above, so below, such and such, so and so. The story goes. The story goes. As above, so below. Such and such, so and so, the story goes, the story goes. If you want to find the devil or Jehovah, peep your mirror. You create your own realities, the living or the wither. July or December, listen closely, come hither. The kingdoms of God resides within primal rivers. The one became the two and the two became the three. Duality united, trinity, the prophecy. The three became the four, death, destruction, born in matter. No matter if you understand it, let your brain scatter. Eventually the pieces shattered, we'll together gather. For the royal feast, the holy chalice, you know we are after. Until the final chapter, be impatient with these actors, call it all an illusion, organized confusion, collective mankind suffer from brain contusions, heated leather seats, private suites, fur meats, white picket fences, crowd the mind they can't think, don't blink, consider all be over, as above, so below, such and such, so and so, the story goes, the story goes, as above, so below, such and such, so and so, the story goes, the story goes, 
We are fragments of the universal mind of the creator. Your soul is no beginning, ending, alpha or omega. Energy is forever and it cannot be destroyed in spite of the fear mongers and the scare tactics employed. While we're running from the void, that's just like running from your mama. If you can't endure the winter, then you ain't gonna see the summer. The alarm clock is sounding while the masses choose to slumber. Asleep at the wheel, I'm just speaking how I feel. Bring you all up in my grill. I scramble the ink spill. The recorded over instrumentals, hoping that it's ill. Part my mind is fading, too much information waiting. The end times and other mysteries we are debating. Every separate is you. Every planet is you. Every house, every sign in due time. Clear view. As above, so below. As above, so below. Such and such, so and so. The story goes. The story goes. As above, so below. Such and such, so and so. The story goes. The story goes. Peace, peace. Good evening out there in radio world, cyber world, in the cosmos. This is Brother Jamal, and you are tuned in to another broadcast of Masters of the Cosmos, live and direct on First World Order Radio. Today's date is October 5th, 2017, and we are glad to be able to gather one more again so that we can chop it up and engage in another divine musing of the gods. Trust that everybody is well. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, your energy is needed and appreciated. Got to send a big shout out to the founders of this platform. Dr. Eileen L. Bay, Princess Kadira L. Bay. And I always remind you all to get over to DrEileenLBay.com and service yourself. Plethora of metaphysical, spiritual, and physical tools that they have available for you to edify your whole being. Dr. Eileen Elbay dot com. Wanna send a also shout out to my comrades here on the First World Order Network. My good brother Blackwater, the Meta Magician, Brother Fahim L, and have a new brother who's now on the network, Drop of Science, Brother Shim L. Send a shout out to all of these gods, and um, just always happy to be able to get back on here and just delve into some science. Because one thing I am sure of, we are manipulating and we are changing the cosmos. 
in real time, in real time. And uh, a lot of this stuff is just about you accepting and honoring your true power. So know that you are of importance, great importance, great significance in the cosmos. As a reminder, too, we got our class coming up, mastersofthecosmos.com. We got a class coming up that's uh, next Friday, October 13th, 2017, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, Dream Decoding 101. It's one thing to just have your dreams broken down and Oh, that sounds deep and all that. But it's another thing to discuss the science of how it is done. Now, I'm not uh, suggesting that my word is the gospel. My interpretation, my way of interpreting things is the gospel. But I do have a science behind what I do. And as I've said before, I had an old trainer named Herman. And Herman used to tell me, he said, there's a million ways to get in shape. He said, I'm just going to show you my way. And he said, the key is whatever you do in this field, you need to have a science behind it. So that's a universal principle that Herman Steele gave to me. And it applies across the board. So this class will be an opportunity for us to share and discuss mechanisms, um, true mechanisms for exploring and decoding the language of symbolism. So very excited about it. You can get over to mastersofthecosmos.com, click on classes, and you can find that and get signed up and reserve your space. I don't want to tarry long because I, I think tonight's show is the most important one that I've ever done. I truly, truly feel like this is the most important one I have ever done because it's not super deep. It's not way out there. But it's integral in your path of mastery. It is integral to have this conversation, this conversation, and to get on this road of understanding. When you talk about understanding, you're talking about getting your feet up under you. You're talking about getting your legs up under you. Something sturdy. So your your legs represent your foundation, and foundation must be built on truth. There are a million opinions, but truth is steadfast. There's only one truth, and it permeates all systems, all worlds, all beliefs. There's one truth, and that is true gnosis. True gnosis is steadfast. So 
Our topic tonight is what is God? What is God? This is the quintessential question that must be entertained and tackled when you are walking this journey that we're on. What is this journey? This journey is self-discovery, self-realization, manifestation. It is a revelation. To reveal something means to wear out. So when we talk about terms like metaphysics, occultism, I wonder if a lot of people really even know what they really mean. I mean, you've heard the different definitions, but does it resonate with all of us down to our core? So what I want to do first is just give some rough definitions of the two. They are very much alike, but they are still different. And they very much apply to the question of what is God? Okay. Metaphysics, meta means to go between, above, or beyond. Physics is simple, physical reality. So when you're dealing with metaphysics, you are going above, beyond, or in between physical reality or illusion for that that matter. Occult, the word occult, you heard the take a put our own spin on it tonight. The word occult, you have first ock. Whenever you see ock, that denotes vision. You know, like ocular. So um that's vision. Cult means, one, it means culture, and culture means behavior. But cult is also an anagram of the word look, L-U-C. You take C-U-L and turn it around, you have look. And look, again, talks about light. Now, ock also denotes something that is hidden. So we put all that together, eye, light, hidden. We're talking about an inner light or an inner eye. So then metaphysics would be the road that one would take to discover the inner light or inner vision. Or hidden light, hidden vision. But actual occultism is the revelation of that light. Revelation, look at the root. Reveal. When you reveal something, that means you uncover it. 
Revelation deals with another word called eschatology. Eschato, eschato means to wear out. So if something has been hidden, then to reveal it is to wear it out, wear it on the outside. These are essential to the whole concept of God. We use these mechanisms, these modalities, these systems of learning, this, well, I should say this umbrella that encompasses many systems to reveal God. Now, before I go further, I want to address some things. I know some things have happened this week prominent in the news. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I deal with current event things because I know they're hot on the brain, fresh on that frontal lobe, and everybody wants to try to figure, make some sense out of it. You know, I deal with the Colin Kaepernick thing, Hurricane Harvey, and so forth, and break down the the symbolism behind them. What's the actual, what's the plan that's being laid out? This week, I didn't want to do that because, and I'll be honest, these shows are transferred to Dr. Arlene's YouTube page. And sometimes I know certain titles are going to be clickbait. There's a downside to a clickbait title. You're going to get a lot of people who aren't at certain levels are clicking because you put out the bait to pull them in. So you might attract a lot of people with these conscious sounding names and these conscious avatars. I mean, they sound mad conscious. God this and Melanin King and all this, you know, and got Aya uh, Heru. Uh, avatars and all this, but their minds are still on a mundane level. So they come to a metaphysical discussion and want to debate something that's on a mundane level. Why? Because many of them never really understood what they were getting into. It just sounded cool to call themselves, you know, whatever, I come in peace, Osar, Osiris, Hotep, whatever. It sounds cool. It seems rebellious. I'm mad at mama and daddy because they made me go to Sunday school. So now I'm rebelling. I got a 15-foot unk on my neck. You know, I don't wash my ass. I'm rebelling, you know. And... It's a fad for some people. The word conscious, what is it to be conscious anyway? Rhetorical question. What is it to be conscious? Are there levels to consciousness? 
Most definitely, Jamal, there are levels. But for far too many, being conscious merely means to spout a few catchy, historical conversation pieces. You know, like, we're from Kemet. We built the pyramids. We were the first people on earth. We got melanin, etc. But with all these attributes that we sing praises to, we still think and respond to everything like slaves. I want to repeat that. With all these attributes that we sing praises to, we still think and respond to everything like slaves. We react in the ways prescribed to us. And with all that calling yourself goddess and God and melanin king and queen, and you amount to nothing more than a scared child with new toys to play with. This thing called consciousness. And here's a message for all those so-called revolutionaries who come to a metaphysical occult discussion to talk about how we need to gather our little nine millimeters or 380s to start the revolution. I got a question. If that is the answer, why are you online banging on your keyboard? If you're waiting for the revolution to kick off, kick off with your little 38, why are you online banging on your keyboard? You know, I'm kind of old school. Back in the day, we had an old thing we used to say called, don't talk about it, be about it. If you that bad, you that ready to handle things in the way that you say they ought to be, why are you flexing online? Oh, 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 teacher, 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 I know, I know. It's because you're really scared. That's why you're talking about it, because you're really scared. And you just waiting on some secret black militia to rise up and come save you. And then maybe you'll get the courage to cash all those whoop tickets you've been selling. Tonight, I want to offer an opportunity to actually learn. Maybe some of those folks will stumble across this broadcast and they can learn something. Because we know deep down they're really scared. This is a grown folks conversation, ladies and gentlemen, that we're getting ready to embark upon. It's not some warm your belly, feel good conjecture. This is a grown folks conversation. And if you want to get down to some real science, then stick around. Because we're going to get it popping tonight. What is God? Is God? Why did I even, I wasn't even going to do the show this week. And then I was reading a book that a friend of mine gave me. And I want to tell you all, I normally don't read fiction. I normally don't read fiction, 
But I'm going to tell you, some of y'all probably know about this woman. She is, um, she transitioned already, I think maybe about 2006. Her name is Octavia E. Butler. Now, this is my first time reading her stuff, but this woman is beyond prophetic. And the person who gave me the book, she said, based on the stuff that you talk about, you need to read this book. She said, it's like it came out of your head. This book, she's got a series, but this particular one is called Parable of the Sower. And I want to read you some profound stuff out of this book. You bear with me. This is some profound stuff. And this is what um, encouraged me or inspired me, I should say, to deal with this topic tonight of what is God. Main character in the book is named Lauren. And this is one of those dystopian, apocalyptic type stories, you know, where the world has gone mad. Chaos is abound. Uh, people have turned completely savage. And there is no, very little care and concern for one's fellow so-called human. So we pick up at the latter part of the book. I want you to hear this dialogue. Um, this is... Um, Someone they just met questioning her How did you get your ideas about God I was looking for God I said I wasn't looking for a mythology Or mysticism Or magic I didn't know whether There was a God to find But I wanted to know God would have to be a power That could not be defied By anyone or anything Change Change, yes But it's not a God It's not a person Or an intelligence Or even a thing It's just, I don't know An idea I smiled Was that a terrible criticism? It's a truth, I said Change is ongoing Everything changes in some way Size, position, composition Frequency, velocity, thinking, whatever Every living thing, every bit of matter, all the energy in the universe changes in some way. I don't claim that everything changes in every way, but everything changes in some way. Harry, coming dripping in, dripping from the sea, heard this last. Sort of like saying God is the second law of thermodynamics, he said, grinning. He and I had already had this conversation. That's an aspect of God, I said to Travis. Do you know about the second law? He nodded. Entropy, the idea that natural that the natural flow of heat is from something hot to something cold, not the other way, so that the universe itself is cooling down, running down, dissipating its energy. Okay, let me go to... Next page, we're going to skip down here. Now, I want y'all to listen real close to this. 
I still can't stand, I still can't see change or entropy as God, Travis said, bringing the conversation back to earth seed. Then show me a more pervasive power than change, I said. It isn't just entropy. God is more complex than that. Human behavior alone should teach you that much. And there's still much complexity when you're dealing with several things at once, as you always are. There are all kinds of changes in the universe. He shook his head. Maybe, but nobody's going to worship them. I hope not, I said. Earthseed deals with ongoing reality, not with supernatural authority figures. Hold on, let me back up. I want y'all to really, really dig in on this. Listen to this. She said, he said, maybe, but nobody's going to worship them. And she says, this is Lauren talking to Travis. She said, I hope not, I said. Earthseed deals with ongoing reality, not with supernatural authority figures. Worship is no good without action. With action, it's only useful if it steadies you, focus your efforts, eases your mind. He gave me an unhappy smile. Praying makes people feel better, even when there's no action they can take, he said. I used to think that was all God was good for, to help people like my mother stand what they had to stand. Now, this is Lauren replying to him. That isn't what God is for, but there are times when when that's what prayer is for. And there are times when that's what these verses are for. This change, and in the end, God prevails. But there's hope in understanding the natures of God. Not punishing or jealous, but infinitely malleable. There's comfort in realizing that everyone and everything yields to God. There's power in knowing that God can be focused, diverted, shaped by anyone at all. But there's no power in having strength and brains and yet waiting for God to fix things for you or take revenge for you. You know that. You know it when you took your family and got the hell out of your boss's house. God will shape us all every day of our lives. But to understand that and return the effort, shape God. Now, here's the kicker. He asked, and ask me what the point of earth seed is. Why personify change by calling it God? Since change is just an idea, why not call it that? Just say change is important. She replies to Travis, because after a while, it won't be important, I told him. People forget ideas. They're more likely to remember God, especially when they're scared or desperate. Then they're supposed to do what? He demanded, read a poem or remember a truth or a comfort or a reminder to action, I said. People do all this time, do that all the time. They reach back to the the Bible, the Talmud, the Quran, or some other religious book that helps them deal with the frightening changes that happen in life. Change does scare most people. I know God is frightening. Best to learn to cope. Your stuff isn't very comforting. It is after a while, 
I'm still growing into myself. God isn't good or evil. One more time. God isn't good or evil, doesn't favor you or hate you, and yet God is better partnered than fault. That's some powerful shit right there. God isn't good or evil. Go to Isaiah 45 and 7. Doesn't favor you or hate you, and yet God is better partnered than fault. Your God doesn't care about you at all, Travis said. All the more reason to care about myself and others. All the more reason to create earthy communities and shape God together. Now, this is where I end. I want you to get real close to your speakers. Push your headphones deep into your ear. I want you to hear this last part. God is trickster, teacher, chaos, clay. We decide which aspect we embrace and how to deal with the others. That is some of the most profound shit I've ever read, that last part. I don't know how many of y'all have been listening for a while, but I did a show early this year called The Trickster, God of the Crossroads. And then I come and read it here, and she puts it right there. God is trickster, teacher, chaos, clay. I think this is a great opening for our discussion because that is such a contradicting idea that she just laid out. How can God be a trickster and a teacher, chaos and clay? You know, when you think clay, what do you do with clay? You shape it. When you shape something, you are putting it in order. Chaos is the opposite of of order, of shaping. It is no order. And that is what is so beautiful about that passage. The very first thing I want you all to understand, no matter what level you're at, is that we, many of us, were taught that God is some type of parental figure. Now, I know we can go into the semantics about God and his origin and all that, but let's use a fixed point, an interface that we all can relate to. We all can relate to the term God, no matter how you feel about it. It's something that is an archetype that's been given to you. And this sets the stage to help towards the deprogramming of the parental idea that we have of God. Because what that passage is saying and what everything is really saying when you study true metaphysics and occultism is that God gives two fucks about you. Because it is not something that is a something. It just is. It is not something that floats in the sky and looks at you and says, look at Kimmy. Kimmy has been a bad girl. Kimmy must be punished. 
That is not God. That's a juvenile perspective of God. The most frightful thing, although we get into our egos and we like to tout it, but the actual most frightening thing that you can do is to accept that you are God. And I don't mean that as in gender. So when I say God, I'm, I'm meaning masculine, feminine, all of that all in one. I don't want to have to keep saying God is God to appease all the different groups. Just God. The energy, the force. The most frightening thing is to realize that you are God. You are the trickster. You are the teacher. You are chaotic, but you are the shapeable, malleable clay. All of these things are actually you. Now, that is what makes it so frightening. Because if you accept that, then now guess what? Now you have all of this responsibility that has just been downloaded on you, dropped on your shoulders out of nowhere. For many of us who were raised with this idea just to put it all in the Lord's hands. But do you know the responsibility of now accepting that that Lord is you? See, here's the the key. The idea that most of us have of God early on is actual atheism. The when you see the prefix a that means not or or away. Theism, the theos is God, away from God. So if I am projecting my energy on something outside of myself, then I am actually an atheist. That's the true meaning of atheism. Now, the average Bible-toting, five-time-praying Muslim or menorah-like Jew or whatever or who, whatever person would say that what I'm saying is atheist, when in actuality, they are atheists. When you project your energy outside of you, whether it's going to be on looking at Jamal as, oh, Brother Jamal is the, the new guru, or Brother so-and-so is the master, and this, and deify, or your car, or your raggedy-ass house, or your job, or your degree. That's atheism, because you are projecting your energy away from you, saying that you are not. So I want to give you a very familiar um, scripture here um, coming out the Old Testament. It's in, um, we're going to start with Exodus, the third chapter, and I'm not going to read all this. 
but we're gonna get right down to the to the white meat. You go to Exodus the third chapter in the Bible. And we see this is when uh Moses first encounters quote unquote God. Now, let's put this into perspective. God in this story, as in many of them, is speaking to your higher consciousness. And and now your consciousness does not have to do have a thing to do with the white man is the devil. They're trying to steal our melanin. I stand with Colin Kaepernick. You know, Trump is racist. That's not consciousness. That has not a damn thing to do with being, let's say this, that's kindergarten consciousness. Let me be more more flexible with that. It is, but it's kindergarten. When we see God mentioned here, we're talking about graduate degree consciousness, an actual raising of one's kundalini. Kundalini is a fire, right? So we see in Exodus, third chapter, it begins, now Moses was pastoring the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest in Midian, and he led the flock of... uh, to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Whenever you see mountain in scripture, that is denoting one's mind and a high um, crown chakra type of awareness, one's higher mind, higher consciousness, risen kundalini, all right? The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire. There you go. From the midst of a bush, that bush is a pineal gland. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see the marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. Now we're going to skip down. Now Moses is now talking to his higher self, which is labeled as God here. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I am not I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? Fourteen. God said to Moses, I am who that I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons, I am has sent me. Now, imagine I'm talking to you, and they say, Well, Jamal, where are you getting this information from? And I say to you, I am. Well, Jamal, how do you know this? Where'd you learn it? From I am. Who do you serve, Jamal? I am. That denotes, right there, it tells you in the scripture that you are God. Moses, he says you're going to tell the people, I'm God. 
That's where the law came from. It came from me. I self-law am master. So that denotes a great degree of responsibility. That is what your initial stage of consciousness is, accepting your responsibility as being God. Here's another thing I want you to understand about this realization of you being God. Loneliness. Why? Why, Jamal? See, religion has taught us that we have, with religion, we have the concept of fellowship. And fellowship has its place. Shit, we fellowshipping right now. But we are a group, excuse me, of lonely people who have come together for this moment. Why are we lonely, Jamal? We are lonely because nothing fucking exists but us. Individually. I am doing nothing but talking to myself. Each one of us is nothing but an illusion, a mere mirage of only one thing. So in each of us, our illusionary states, we feel loneliness because there's nothing around us. Once you understand that you are God, I want to make sure this makes sense. Once you understand that you are the divine, it is lonely because I'm not leaning on brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so to carry me along the way. I'm not looking for a savior outside of me. I don't have a parental figure to lean back on. It is only me. Only I exist. That's a second frightful thing. A third frightful thing. After you've accept, uh, or understood how responsible you have to be, you felt the loneliness. Third thing is now you feel overwhelmed. How the fuck can I handle all this shit? My previous reality was I got to put it all in the Lord's hand. I got to put it all in somebody's hand. How am I supposed to now carry on? I don't have that safety net. I feel overwhelmed. Fourth thing that comes along is confusion. Well, shit, well, what, who do I turn to now? This is why people go and find gurus. Well, you know, I done left the church. They pissed me off. Deacon do nothing. We're stealing money. And, and uh, the head of the usher board, uh, Brother Touchingfield, tried to push up on me. So I done had to leave the church, and I done found out that preacher pimp foot, you know, is, is uh, just about pimping holes and slamming Cadillac doors. Shout out to Brother Bobby Hemmett. So I'm angry. I done left all that, but damn, now I'm confused. Now who do I go? Where do I go? I want y'all to understand these are not all the things you're going to encounter, but things 
There, these are some of the things you will encounter as part of the fright fest of now moving into your godhood. Responsibility, loneliness, feeling overwhelmed, and confusion. And this is why I want to lead you to a very powerful book. If you do not have it, everybody needs to have the Kabbalion. The Kabbalion is the bedrock literature for every person who is now entering into their godhood. Now, do not confuse Kabbalion with Kabbalah. Those are two different things. They're speaking to the same truth, but they're two different things. The Kabbalion is spelled K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. And the Kabbalion is a very small book with seven truths in it. It's called the Seven Hermetic Principles. The first hermetic principle is that the mind is all, all is mental. Listen to this. The mind is all and all is mental. One more time. The mind is all and all is mental. That's the first principle of hermeticism. If all is mental, then that means the anxiety that I'm feeling about, oh, damn, now I'm responsible. The loneliness I feel, the sense of being overwhelmed, the confusion, it's all mental. And if I apply my mind enough, and if I develop my mind enough, I focus my mind, then I can overcome the fears of responsibility, the loneliness, the overwhelm, the confusion, because all is mental. That means God itself is mental. That means I, the I am, is actually mental. Which leads to something I really need to say. And something that knowledge is integral in driving, and that's called confidence. How does one build one's confidence through building one's knowledge? Let me say this. You cannot be lazy in becoming God. This is not something you can treat as a fad. This is something you have to look at just like childbirth. What do they call it when a mother's about to deliver the baby? She has gone into labor. Labor denotes work. If you are willing to work, you will become the I am, which you already are. You already are that, but you have to develop it. Cultivate it. And there's no secret to it. There's no microwave version. Do you know what the secret is? You have to just want it. And by you wanting it, you will continue, continue to pursue and look and hunt 
and there is no expiration on your search. Don't be worried if you're 45 and you just now get. Don't be worried if you're 62 and you just now getting into this. There is no expiration. The time that you wake up and you truly become serious about this pursuit is the right time. Don't trap yourself in the paradigm of, oh, damn, I done missed out all this, all my good years. There's no such thing. Your good years are now. So the number one problem facing you is your lack of confidence in your own divine nature. See, for many of us, we only trust what we can see. All those people, when I'm having a metaphysical discussion, this and that, who tell me, you know, I'm tired of all you niggas, you know, waiting on spirits and, you know, that decoding shit is a waste of time. We need to get guns. They are afraid. I understand. Because they only trust what they can see. What's tangible. And I ain't telling you nothing no different than you heard Brother Panic talk about on magic. He has said it a million times. Confidence. Dr. Arlene has has told people, I've been to one of Dr. Arlene's lectures. I've been in the room and felt the energy. Talking to Brother Krishna about that. I felt the energy. And I was in the lecture here in Dallas when he talked about how one's auric field, some can extend as much as 30, 40 feet. This is all talking about the same thing, whether it's talking about the magic or the auric field. We're talking about something you cannot see with your eyes, but it's present. It's a power. It's a force. But here's the problem. Many of us listen to teachers, and it is nothing more than entertainment. Oh, that sounds cool. Astro traveling and your org field and my shea butter and, and you know, I drink Googleberry juice and I rub my feet down in sea moss. And all this, all this stuff sounds cool but you have never embraced it. You have never really gained any confidence. And that is what is essential. In the book, when it said that God is trickster, God is teacher, God is chaos, God is clay. If you can embrace that, that is a very key step to you actually becoming God Because now You can let go of that thought of This happened to me because of this Because I ain't shit Because I didn't Wash my dishes with joy Because I didn't use Rite Aid deodorant All these things of Oh because of this Oh this is why this has happened This is. I'm going to give you This came to me I was at work today I want you all to write this down. I want you to write this down. The divine sequence. The divine sequence. I want you to understand there's only one way I came to this realization. 
It is going through shit. Muck, dirt, filth, fire, soil. By going through that, I have been able to come to a realization, and it's called a divine sequence. Understand this. This is essential to your godhood. Every fucking thing that has happened to you is happening and will happen is not by happenstance, not by coincidence. You are not here hearing this by coincidence. It is by divine sequence. Everything is in order. That's why God is chaos and clay. That's why God is trickster and teacher. Everything is actually in order. Even the chaos has order to it. It's a divine sequence. Sequence means order of things. You driving your car. You get into a wreck. You are on your way to meet somebody. You get into a wreck. Total your car. By totaling your car, you can't now get to work. You get fired from your job. From getting fired from your job, you can't pay your rent. You get kicked out your house. You get kicked out your house, and now all of a sudden, all that shit that you had put on the back burner, all that creative stuff that you was like, oh, fuck that, I got to go to work. Now all of a sudden you like, you know what? All that time I was thinking about doing my music, all that time I was thinking about, I used to be a great artist. Now you're like, shit, I got time to work on this. Next thing you know, you're in an art gallery. This is divine sequence. The trickster, understand the trickster aspect of the divine has to fuck you up or what appears to be you getting fucked up. Because that is what allows you to get on the path to get to something greater. But had you not gotten tricked or duped, fallen, as in Lucifer, there would be no rise, which is Christ. God is your whole experience. God is not a thing. God just is. God is you. God is you taking a shit. God is you brushing your teeth. God is you sitting on this broadcast. God is you pondering. God is everything you do, you feel, you say, everything you experience, that is God. This is the level of consciousness that you have to get to. You have to go beyond just to regurgitate Malcolm X quotes, regurgitating, you know, what brother so-and-so said. You have to experience it. You have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. You have to allow yourself to feel. And that's how you learn. You know how my son learned to crawl down off the bed? From falling off that motherfucker and busting his head. And he finally learned how to back up and put his feet down first and crawl off that bed. 
You have to allow yourself to fall. The fall is where God is. The shit, feces. What else did I want to? Worshiping false idols. We touched on this earlier. And I know this is just some rudimentary stuff. This is super basic. But I think this is key because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a lot, a lot of us are all into getting in some group and being a part of something, and we have not done the essential investigative work of dealing with what is it I'm in? Who am I? What is God? Beyond using cliches, false idols. I just want to read this one thing, then I'm going to open the lines up real briefly. I'm going to make this a, you know, we're going to hit it and quit it on this broadcast. Then I'm going to let y'all express yourself. We're going to go to Leviticus 19.4-something. Oh, you former church folk familiar with. Do not turn to idols or make for yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. You want me to really break this down for you, what this, that little passage meant? False idols would be anything outside of you, like we said. That's what it's really saying. The word Lord comes from the root pot, pot as in potential. So Lord is good, is evil, is everything. So you should only look to your potential, not to anything outside of yourself. Anything outside of yourself would be false idols. So if you build an altar and you actually think that the statues are going to do something magical for you, yeah, you are worshiping false idols. If you're wearing an amulet, you know, or you wearing some big old onk uh, uh, on your neck and you think the onk is actually going to deliver you or do something, you are worshiping false idols. And this is something, you know, this is the type of stuff we deal with in, in, in our classes in, in a, a more in-depth manner. Magic, and when you are working to become God, you are working in the field of magic, true magic, which is power. Magic utilizes an interface. Just like you and I are here through an interface. Whether you're logged on your computer, that's an interface. Or your phone, that's an interface. I'm over here where I'm at. You're where you're at. The interface is your is the device that you're on. So, whatever tool you're using is an interface. It's a go-between. It's a it's a connector. It's a bridge. But the actual force is you. That's the actual force. That bridge. It's like connecting 
the known to the unknown, the physical to the spiritual, the conscious to the subconscious. That bridge, that linkage is is where we become this thing called God. Not in putting the emphasis on whatever the worshiping the bridge. You're not gonna go and worship I thirty. You're not gonna worship the, the interchain between, you know, uh three sixty and one eighty three. You're just gonna utilize it. God is too vast to be put into a box. If you are new to this information, and that's who I'm mostly speaking to, if you are new to this information, treat it with care. Keep your ego in check and allow yourself to continue to grow and learn. That's why I never refer to myself as a master teacher, but I will tell you this. I'm a master student. I'm a master student because y'all couldn't imagine how I go and continue to hunt in my own way. Everybody got their own way. But in my own way, I can truly say without batting my eyes, I labor for the cause. I want you to embody that. Become a laborer. For what? The divine jewels, the lapis lazuli, the holy grail, the chalice. All them things ain't talking about no external something. It's just talking about you. You finding you. Phone lines are open. 563-999-3738. You're tuned in to Masters of the Cosmos show live on First World Order Radio. It's Brother Jamal. The conversation is about what is God. It's very simple. We're keeping it on a, you know, not not mundane, but magnificent, magnificent, but still simple level tonight. Phone lines are open. I don't know. Two eight one has been. I don't know if that's by mistake. I don't know if it's Christmas. Two eight one. Do you have a comment, question? Maybe not. If any of this does not make any sense, then hit your number one. And look, don't be afraid to ask nothing or whatever. Make your comment. There are no... Dumb questions, feel free, feel open. The basic concept here, and I know this is uh, just real simple, but the basic concept is just you becoming. In a Western paradigm, and I see you 770, I'm about to come to you. In a Western paradigm, we are always taught that you got to have an end. See that? And that's the one of the first things to overcome. You're taught that, you know, I got to start and I got to finish. So 
I got to get to this point, this point, you know, I got to get to this goal. And that's what sometimes traps us. But then we start looking at other folk and other situations and we imagine that they are further ahead and I got to get to where so on. No, it's, this is a cosmic journey. It's a continuing situation of becoming. If you can just grasp that, that one key element, you've covered a lot of ground. 770, you're live on Masters of the Cosmos show. Hey, hey good evening. Um, thank you. For, for, uh, appreciate it. Hey, um, this is all new to me. and. Um, you know, I guess I'm. Um, you know, I was looking. What 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 types? Of, what are the for someone who's new? What are what is a good book or a set of books to start reading? Um, you know, to um, just to kind of you know just get, get just get just learn more about all all this who you know all this stuff all this being, way of being that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm what I'm getting is I'm having to, to relearn how to be. You know what I'm saying? And so, right. um, you know, with, with that said, I'd like to figure out what types of literature I can can tap into about that. Yeah, that's the first thing. The second is that if I'm creating this, this if I'm creating all this craziness, you know, um, um, all this stuff around me, what, I mean, you, you mentioned something about, um, like, retraining yourself how to think or that kind of thing. I, I guess the other that's the other piece. Is what is it that I? What are ways that I could do to to, to, to calm the chaos that that I create and run myself? I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. Um, and I want I, I want my desire is to figure out how to to to, to calm that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. First, uh, I think the 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 most important piece of literature to have to start off with is the Kabbalion. Okay. Every person needs to own a Kabbalion, K-Y-B-A-L-I-O-N. And um, you will never get away from these seven principles. No matter how advanced your studies become, you will always come back to these bedrock principles. Um, I think another key, just to give you, first of all, do you come from a Christian background? Uh, yeah, I Somewhat grew up. Or, yeah, yeah, I grew up that way. I don't, you know, I don't. I'm not practicing Christian, you know. No. Okay. Well, it's especially important for you to have some type of bless your son. This is uh, especially important for you to have some type of foundation that gives another perspective to the Christian doctrine. And I would say you need something that deals with some of the Gnostic scriptures. Because what the Gnostic, you got several. Here's one is uh, the Gnostic scriptures by Bentley Layton. Okay. Let me tell you why this is so important. Because when you see the Gnostic perspective on creation and just existence, then you can start to see yourself as the main character who is Sophia. And Sophia is the fallen one in Gnosticism. And then when you start reading Sophia, you then will connect her with Lucifer. Mm. And you'll see how Lucifer is maligned 
in the Bible, but you see Lucifer in his true essence as Sophia in the Gnostic scriptures. And then you, what you have to start doing is putting yourself in the story as Sophia. And, and that will start to open up doors about leading to your next question about the chaos. Right. Why do I have all of this chaos in my life? And how is it that I could have signed up for this? Those Nazi scriptures will start opening the door to that because it'll show that Sophia wanted to know herself. So she moved without the aid of her masculine consort. What that means is the feminine side of you, which would be your soul down here in matter, which fell from your actual God mind. Your God mind, as in being God, is a composite of a masculine and feminine energy intertwined. That's the highest form of is and spiritual androgyny. But because you are part of something that was perfect, an aspect of you had to fall because if you're perfect, what else is there for you to do but die? So part of the reason that you have so much chaos is because that was the only way for you to learn. So once you read these Nazi scriptures and you can then identify yourself, associate yourself with Sophia, you can gain some form of understanding of your own journey and not, it doesn't lessen the frustration of things that happen in life, but it gives some, it gives a framework. Well, it does help to lessen them because if you feel hopeless, and you feel as though everything is against me. That's a dismal existence. But when you can accept that you are actually putting yourself through a simulation to perfect yourself, then now you can start moving through all the chaos and transcending the chaos, and then you can become a master of it. And that's a shout-out to Sister Kai because... She she uh, spoke to that in another broadcast, and she eloquently gave, I think, like five principles in regard to that. But we're speaking the same language. Don't run from the fire. You got to learn how to run to the fire. When I was, uh, uh, there's this old saying that said, if a dog bites you, don't rip away, feed him. Because when you tear away from the dog, when the dog bites you, that's how the dog tears your flesh. But if a dog bites you and you keep feeding his ass, then you give him what he wants. Oh, you wanted a chunk? I'm going to give you, you wanted a monkey? I'm going to give you a gorilla. I'm going to feed you. And now, instead of trying to run from him, you're going to go through him. Those two, the Kabbalion and the Gnostic Scriptures, let me see. And a book on linguistics. On you need to have a book on linguistics. That's right. Because okay. you need something that's going to break. See, here's some words that might come up in your psyche when you're going through shit. Curse. I've been cursed. See, curse through our Western uh, paradigm of language 
has a negative connotation attached to it. The word curse just merely means to run through. So just as much as a curse can be negative, it can be positive. You're cursed with, you know, God consciousness, or you're cursed with melanin. That just means it's running through you. That's the balancing act that you have to do. You have to balance out the negative to the positive. You need, you know, so, you'll break down words like. Go ahead. So that, so that's that's the, the linguistic. So if I if I if I understand the you know, the foundations of of that the words, that's where I can balance. I think it's where I can I can learn to balance the like you just said the negative with the positive. I understand what the, the wording, the, the verbiage. You know, right? That, is that what I'm hearing? Because what is what is language? Language spoken amounts to words. Words are expressed through sound. Sound is what? Vibration. Vibration is a series of waves interacting with each other. Waves are infinite. So if we are held hostage through language, then we are held in a paradigm. If you can get on top of language, you can then take control of the word. And your spoken word can go from being a hindrance to a system of empowerment. Okay, so that's the copy why of the, the key black... to have. What's that? No, it's key to have. It's key to have what? It's key. Getting on top of language is a is an integral key in in moving towards mastery. Okay. Because words create vibrations. So that um, origin of English words by Joseph T. Shipley, a Strong's, Strongest Strong's Concordance, Bible Concordance, the Kabbalion, Gnostic Scriptures, that should be your four books to start with. That's your four pillars. Okay. Thank you. No problem. Thank you. Two one four. Thank you for being patient. Got you open. What's happening? All right. Turn turn your turn your volume down. I'm gonna come back to you. Oh man. Yeah, take your hand down, and when you get it straight, put your hand back up, 214. Got these headphones in, about bust my eardrum. Anybody else? Let's see, 281 still got their hand up. For some strange reason, everybody I go to, I'm getting this loud static. Hmm. Very interesting. All right. If anybody else got anything, come on. Speak your piece if you got a comment. Maybe you don't have a question if you got a comment. You know, um, the floor is open. 563 
we're talking about what is God, and we got young Shiva, the destroyer, is making his making his interest, his presence felt as always. Here, come here. So um, we're trying to um, we're trying to overcome the myth or the, the the falsehood of consciousness being like a game or being like a fad or being some fleeting trend or a hashtag. Understand this how to, how this matrix works. It gives you everything that you want to keep you trapped in it. It'll give you the mechanisms to make you feel like you are really awakened. It'll give you certain clothes to wear. It'll give you certain things to say. It'll give you certain images. It'll give you so-called leaders and things. And make you feel like you are doing this thing called being conscious. And the thing is, these are tools to trap you. The true consciousness is something that involves a great degree of pain. And see, this is something key we got to deal with because a lot of times people promote things and sell you things based on they got a secret to alleviate all of your woes. Like a fool, I'm just going to have to tell you the truth. There is no alleviation of pain. There's only mastery of it. So that again, there is no alleviation of pain, not in this physical reality. There's only mastery of it and over it. To be a human, to be limited by your body is painful in itself when you understand how vast you are. Just the mere fact that you are human is pain. But the pain is the same as you having a huge exam you got to prepare for in the morning and you're in school. Or you got this 20-page paper you got to write. It's painful. You got to labor for it. You got to sit up all night, energy drinks and coffee and so forth. You got to pay your dues. That's what we're talking about. That's what this quest is really about. It is finding a way to go through it to where you transcend it. That is actually where God is. God is in the muck. God is in the dirt. God is in your struggle. And it's your mastery is in your ability 
to transcend it, not run from it. Phone lines are still open. Well, y'all masters at? Let me get some of these masters out there. To, I got some masters on the line. If y'all want to uh, interject here and um, put some hot sauce on this before we close out. I want to make sure there's nothing else that I'm forgetting about. Um, just to recap, the books I told the sister. You need to have you a Cabalion. This is your startup kit. You need to have you Strongest Strongs Concordance. You need to have The Origin of English Words by Joseph T. Shipley. You need to have you um, The Gnostic Scriptures by Bentley Layton. Oh, and I'm going to tell you another book you need to have. You need to have The Lies Behind the Tide. By a good brother, good brother, you can find that book at mastersofthecosmos.com. Why is the lies behind the ties a good book? Because it deals with one of the key tenets in Christianity, tithing. Pertaining to our conversation about you becoming God. God, I've been on this whole concept of the number 10 for quite some, the whole year, I've been talking about the number 10 because this year adds up to the number 10, which is one. Well, the word tithe comes from the word 10th, 10th part. The 10th part is talking about a unification of the masculine and the feminine. It is not dealing with you who... Uh, can barely pay your rent coming in and making sure that the pastor um, has uh, money to pay for his his Bentley. That has nothing to do with tithing. That's called organized pimping. So um, you get this book. That is a, a great way to transition from uh, Kristen, I got you. That's a great way to transition from the religious mind to a metaphysical mind. And I was talking about linguistics and things of that nature. You get a whole boatload of linguistics broken down for you in the book. Actually, there's a part in the book called the word soup. And the word soup, I go in and break down a lot of common words that you find in the Bible, and I give you their etymology so that you can see the real symbology hidden in the words. Words like naked, words like crafty, subtle, Christ, Lucifer. You'll find those words broken down in the book. Also, you become a member of the website. Just being a free member of the Inner Sanctum, you get access on the website to something called the 72 Wise Words of God. This is free literature. And you can go in and see the breakdown of other common words you find 
in the Bible. You get my book and you join the website and get the free access to the 72 wise words, you got your boatload of linguistic firepower right there at your fingertips. We're going to go to 281 again. Brother Christmas. Unmute your phone. I got you open. Hello? I don't know if something wrong with this. Let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Two eight one. Kristen. Hmm. That was strange because I know that wasn't him. But that's his line. Let's try one one more time. Brother Kristen. Hmm, he's talking. Yeah, ain't that strange? And then some strange voice comes across under his number. Well, let you know how effective. Hmm. Okay, I don't know what's going on. Try to um try to take your hand down, Kristen, and try it again. All right, while you're doing that, I'm going to go see if 214 is working now. 214? Oh, boy. Just now, 830. Who's that doing all that yawning? 214? <laughs> I am looking forward to this family re- in next year, you are. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really nice... All right. I don't know what the hell going along with these. Um, <laughs> there's some strange shit going on tonight. All right. Let's, let's try... Let's try 682. Let's see if... Uh, Bill Walton going to be on the end of this number or something. Okay. <laughs> 682. Okay. Can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Okay. I don't know what's what happening? is going on with all the lines. I don't know what's going on with all the lines, but I can hear all the, on the other end, all the chitter chatter of different, it's different people's voices speaking. <clears throat> On, in my ear other than yours But um, I think you had a good uh, Topic on the concept of God And overall I think it makes a lot of sense Everybody thinks that consciousness means That they're going to walk around With their Egyptian Warrior outfits And they're going to Part the Red Sea But um, Literally In in a in a physical um, world in that we'll be reigning superior, but I don't think it's meant to be that. And 
and like Solomon was troubled by all of his wisdom, metaphorically, I think the same is true. The more you know, the more you'll suffer and the more pain you will endure um, during this lifetime, which is because, like you said, every time you go through something, something grows out of it. Um, So you actually should Mm -hmm. want to suffer on the flip side of that. You should want to be in pain. But it doesn't mean that when people, average people, are in pain or or losing their jobs or going through hell or it doesn't mean that the human side of you isn't going to be like, fuck, I'm tired of this. Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the flip side of it all. Um, Because I sure did. At first, you go through it, you know, you become conscious, you don't stop going through everything. And little did I know it was more, you actually, the more you learn, the more you study, it's almost like, well, bring it on, let's bring on more tests to show thyself, you know, like that you're really learning something and that you're really understanding the concept. One of my hurdles for myself is learning to listen and not to talk. So I wasn't going to say anything because I'm just learning to marinate like a piece of meat with what with what you're saying, what, what others are chiming in and saying, just marinating and being and just trying to soak it all in. And for some, that's not hard for me. That is that was hard at first until I started letting my ego die, which has been painful. You know, um, I've expressed that. Uh-huh. But now that I'm learning to separate from it and just die off, um, there's something good at the end of it all. And that's all I have to say. Well, you said, say that last part again. But learning to let my ego die and learning how to to crumble, um, literally, to um, to let everything that I know go and be seen as a mere as a mere person and not some major great hoo-ha. It it was hard for my ego, but it's a part of my ego dying, and my ego has to die. If I want my meditation to get better, if I want to figure out what in the hell am I here for, so let, let me let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you. Let me let mm-hmm. me let me just say this. It's not so. It's not. It's impossible for your ego to die. Your ego is a part of you. Let me look at it this way. It's about integration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything, every part of you has a purpose. So you can't kill your ego. Your ego exists because it is a part of your actual being. What you're working to do is to integrate it to where it is kept in check and in balance with the rest mm-hmm. of you. Okay. The great problem that many of us that we all are facing is that our ego is um has been put on front street. 
have been put at the forefront because we're put into a a, 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 a a mindset of only that which is in front of me is real. So don't put that weight on yourself or the impossibility of, oh, I'm trying to kill my ego. What you actually are learning to do is you're learning just like in science about a, a, a solution. When you have a solution yeah. in chemistry, you put a liquid, you have a liquid substance that some maybe solid sub- substance goes into and it dissolves and it becomes a solution. That's what you're looking to do. You're looking to combine these things together to become something. Okay. But anything else? No, that's all. All right. Well, I appreciate you calling in, listening in as always. And, you know, we'll holler back. All right. Peace. Peace. Okay, I'm going to try. Kristen, I'm going to try to come to you one more time, see if it works. 281, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, all right. I don't know what kind of fuckery going on tonight uh, with these phones. Somebody out here talking about their family reunion and shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, we. I'm going to bring the beans, nigga. You know my world famous beans. <laughs> I put ketchup in them. That's the secret. <laughs> I still. <laughs> What's happening, man? Yeah. Hello. Yeah, I got you. You still on? What's good with you? Oh, you can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, oh man, I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking it didn't go through, man. Okay, I thought I was about to text you. Um, nah, nah, I got you open. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, man, I had to. Uh, I don't know what's going on with the phone lines, but when I called back in, some dude was was talking by himself, and it wasn't you wasn't on the line. Then I called one time, it was silent, so. Um, I called back though, and I guess it worked this time. But I had a um, a comment and a question. Mm-hmm. Um, a comment um, on the um, on the book aspect. Uh, the young lady was uh, asking about you know books. I have uh, want to add one or two to okay. the um, just as an add on is the book Astrodynamics by Robert Bruce. Mm. And uh Okay. The book the book Astro Travel, which mine mysteriously came up missing. Uh Gavin and uh Yvonne Frost, if I'm not mistaken, the turquoise book. And uh reason being because, you know, these books are basically about navigating the mind and what we call dreams mm-hmm. and uh it's just another term 
speaking towards when we're focusing our spirit into our minds. Um, whenever we're walking around and waking consciousness, that, that same spirit is being focused into the movement, the physical movement. Um, the other side would just be that same spirit or dexterity, as they would say in Final Fantasy VII, um, under the, uh, mm-hmm. what they call uh, the material crystal. Basically, just talking about the mind. So that that's uh, we just function on on the mental plane and the physical realm. So those two, you know, uh, the book, um, the Kabbalion, um, is is uh, you know, um, something that could also speak to the to the physical. So I don't want to go too on and on about that shit, but I just wanted to just just throw in those two books to add on. Repeat. The titles in Astro Dynamics and Astro Traveling, right? Yeah, Astro Dynamics by Robert Bruce and uh, Astro Travel by Yvonne and Gavin Frost, um, the Turquoise books. Okay. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm the author on that uh, on the Astro Travel book. Okay. And uh, my my question is: This actually. Uh, it's, it's actually not on topic, but um, you know, it's it's a it's a question in, in terms of altar work, you know, for uh, you know, for those listening who um, who may be new to it, you know, they they may come across, you know, at some point about altars or shrines or whatever the case. So, my question is, uh, uh, brother Jay, is when it comes, what is your take on this concept of uh, other people not touching one's altar, you know, a person's altar or, you know, sacred space. And why do, why would people, you know, is there any validity to the people saying that, you know, not to, uh, for another person not to come move around things or touch things on, on that altar or sacred space, quote unquote sacred space? I think there's two ways of looking at that. On a human level, it's about respect. On a God level, it's it's about how much stake do you put in the power of that person's energy. Um, let's let's just take science. Let's take the Kabbalion. The mind is all and all is mental. Let's take that concept and let's move it over to um, quantum physics about everything is energy. Um, and, and that just amounts to fields of energy interrelating, interplaying with each other. Is there any actual separation? Now, so if someone if someone were to come and just fuck with my altar, that might result in a beatdown. Just on a human level, just I, I feel just out of respect. It's on a respect level. I just think it's just disrespectful. Now. On a higher level, though, 
you being the master, does, and I'm going to pose this question back to you. Does a person actually possess the, the power in their energy field to offset your vortex that you set up? Or do they run more of a risk of it fucking them up than it fucking up something with you? They they only or, or they run the risk of it fucking them up if because it's 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 two two things that come to mind. It's it's intent and let's say in the case go. of someone who Indeed, in, in the case of someone, uh, just say, less intent-wise, if they're not aware, if they don't know, if it's a child, you know, um, then it is to no fault of that of that person because they're not aware. How they say with much mm-hmm. power comes much responsibility. Um, to mm-hmm. someone who knows and um and they still intentionally, which, which funny enough, I I I, I lived with. Uh, I had a roommate at a time, and he would uh, actually go and put shit on my altar, <laughs> put shit on my altar, and go and do rituals for altars and shit. <laughs> you know, and uh, I was like, <laughs> not for me. You know, he had his own, you know, altar, and out of respect, you know, I just wouldn't. You know, it's his space, so I it ain't. I got my own shit to work with, you know. So what I, you know, it. Mm-hmm. it, it I think sometimes I would use the example of a wallet. Would would a person just go and just would you just would a person just go and pick up another nigga wallet? You know, like even if uh, you know now now if you're in a relationship and that goes to what you were saying about you know that uh that trust level. You know, you've been you've been work you know, building and working with a person, then you know, it's always it isn't a fixed variable, you know, there a person can make a decision on however they want to do that, you know. But if a person knows and they're doing it anyway, you know, then they should be thinking that maybe they're running a risk that it they another person may have already programmed into their altar that if somebody come and fuck with my shit, fuck them up. If I told exactly. them not to not to do it. Because you never, it's like mm-hmm. one of my uh, one of my teachers from back in the day, uh, you know, Dr. Congo told me, he was like, you never know. Because when I walked into his crib, I was early in my consciousness, and I seen how he had his shit set up. It it, it had all the altars everywhere, and, you know, he was a nigga in third war with a mouthful of gold. And uh, he was like, you never mm. know what a person knows, and you never know, you know, uh, what a person has going on behind closed doors. You know, so mm. with that being said, it isn't even worth running the risk once a person makes you aware of some shit. If I go to an Indian temple and because a lot of they, they shit, they be having their shit behind cages, but then they do have open altars as well. So, you know, I done mm-hmm. told people, hey, you can come. This is something that Dr. Congo told me. He was like, well, yeah, you know, you can go and, you know, you can, if you, like, whenever you go into, like, certain uh, Asian um, places where they where they clean clothes, like cleaning services. In the corners, mm-hmm. um, sometimes I would notice they would have little altars set up in there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'll have, uh, uh-huh. 
Yep, and they'll have, and then you'll see money on there. You'll see some prosperity, a symbol of prosperity, which is just for them. They put it on there because people are asking, why you got money on your altars? It's, anything you put on your altar, you can program to mag- magnetize that concept to you. So if you put money on your shit, uh-huh. it's to magnetize prosperity to you. And if you look at prosperity as just strictly being money, then you can program that directly, but... If you want a more holistic concept, you could just use money as a as a concept of prosperity. And uh, mm-hmm. but in these little Asian cleaning services places, you know they have money down there, so they allow people to come and put down. It's like a tip that you give to a waitress. You know, like I mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you this. You know, just just as uh because on a you know for on a mundane level you're just showing love, but maybe on a spiritual level she might remind you of a family member or something that's that you know maybe the family member going through something or you might see somebody on the on the road like a, a beggar and uh if i'm not mistaken in e5 it uh that's that's the character um well in in paulo because i'm not as familiar with with e5 but in paulo if i'm not mistaken that's uh Patayaga. With the two crutches, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, but you but the but this beggar symbol will show up, and they say, well, you know, you give prosperity to them because that's really a god in disguise, you know. So you you know instead of looking at it like you know just some nigga with his hand out, you know, you will give uh, prosperity to a deity in disguise or a god in disguise, you know, uh, which mm-hmm. is, which is really another way of saying if it's a nigga, then he a god anyway, whether he know it or not. You know, but uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's uh, that's that's my long long ass spiel on uh, on my take on you know um, if a person to be how a person to be affected by you know an altar you know and and just just to end it like yeah if um uh. You know, a person can do whatever they want to it. It ain't no fixed variable, but, it, you know, it is a science, you know, so, um, you know, pimp accordingly. You know, it, it, it brings to mind, we're talking about on a quantum level, we, when we talk about energy, one thing I failed to mention when you first asked is that what is that? Energy gets classified in frequencies, though. Just to 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 piggyback on what you're saying about you don't know what energy field somebody has set up on their altar, and you go and fuck with it. On a scientific level, that's some real shit because you're talking about frequencies. You know, just like 107.5, 97.1, whatever. So I look at this as a, a mental, it still come down to a mental expression. The mind is all and all is mental. So the, the, the number one conduit, for that altar is the practitioner's mind. Same thing you just said. 
I'm just echoing. So what really comes down to somebody dealing with somebody else's loss is a meeting or a war of two minds. You say the same thing. Would you agree with that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That was a, that's a, I've never thought about that, you know, somebody coming and fucking with somebody. Because I guess because I don't have nobody in my house, you know, um, I know I wouldn't go and touch nobody else's altar. Um, and it's not about, you know, not that I would have any ill intent, but I just think it's, I look at it as a sacred space. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's that sensitive, it's that serious of a thing. And why you own, why you brought that up though, I want to say this too about the altar is that the objects on there, we touched on this earlier, the objects on there, and this is the way I look at it, they are not actually, how can I say, like we talked about worshiping idols. Those, those items or statues or whatever things we put on there, they're not the actual power on the altar. This is how we know it's, it's 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 all mental. They are doorways. They are just like looking at your laptop. It's a interface between the user and the hard drive that's somewhere inside of the the unit. The 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 the, the actual display is the interface. That's the that's what the altar is in itself the interface between two worlds that unseen and that seen I don't want to say I'm going to have to hold this one back we'll have to talk about this one in uh, in private because we're going we're gonna to do a class on this but We're gonna to have to talk about this 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 new master. We're gonna call this a master altar. All right. I'll tell you about this. Right. Um, I built an altar for Legba in the house, and I decided. This is funny. After our last conversation, when you was talking about, do you do you mind me sharing in some of the yeah, stuff yeah. you said or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you talked about the Sufi, the Sufi aspect on your altar, and you said you combined it with the five percenters, and you combined that with you even got Allah on the altar. Yeah, Baphomet, Baphomet, Ajin, Muhammad Ali. You know, uh, got a nice uh, shout out to. uh, the big homie Cole Black got a nice bottle of 1738 Remy Martin compliments to the big homie on the altar. Mm-hmm. Good old New Amsterdam gin, you know, for all my niggas around the way, you know, you know, we in the, we in the 4-4, you know, so 
I can mm-hmm. walk and give you about a New Amsterdam. <laughs> That's for the gin, uh, right? Right. Uh, spirit, but but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm listening though, brother Jay. Okay. What that? So, who we got here? We got a, a nigga who's a master of tapping into his right brain and taking the left brain hard knowledge of what these deities and these um, these energies represent and then going and then putting it all together and putting it on the altar. So in our last conversation between me and Brother Krishna, you know, I was like, you know, that damn, that's that's dope. You know, like this nigga be on it. And I, this is my new name for you as the technician. Because this nigga is a technician, you know. <laughs> so I got to thinking, I said, today while I was at work and all this, I really just let my my creative side just kind of take off. And I've come up with a concept based on your inspiration the other day on building a new altar a template that everybody can use, but they're going to put their, their own ingredients. But a basic mm-hmm. template. We're going to do, I'm going to uh, reconfigure my whole Legba altar, and I'm going to turn this into a master altar. But we're going to, as like Bobby Hem used to say back in the day, we're going to cross some streams, which is basically what you did. You didn't cross streams. You got Sufi, 5% Allah, Muhammad Ali, you know, you, you got something uh, channeling, a, you know, a brother that we all know here in this reality, Cold Black. You done, you done, that's crossing streams. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to do the same thing. We're going to actually do a class on this. Um, and we're going to, in real time, tap into our creative minds. And maybe maybe we need to have a guest um, instructor sit in on this class, the nigga who say he don't want to teach. <laughs> Yours truly Ladies and gentlemen, this nigga's been nominated. Um, he's been fuck nominated. He's been drafted. Goddamn, we drafted <laughs> motherfuckers now. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> come in and uh, drop some science on altar work. But um, but uh, you got anything else, bro? For we. We'll, we'll get we'll, uh, yeah. we'll chop it up on the back end though on that. Okay, for sure, for sure, that's a bet. Um, last thing uh, earlier, you know, I just I like to be on point with uh, with this particular aspect because I said uh, Patayaga, which is uh, which is a deity in Paulo that I I actually haven't delved too deep into, so I don't want to put that out there and and uh, say that that corresponds with the beggar. Um, in particular, I would say that Lazarus, you know, I had to look up some shit real quick because I heard it was actually our brother Penny 
that was speaking on uh, the beggar and Ephi. I just I can't remember the name right off the top of my head, but uh, but Lazarus shows up as a beggar. So that that's a uh, that same character um, that's in the Bible that shows up in a in a you know all of the schools of thought, all the mythologies. That same kind of uh, you know beggar beggar kind of character you know that we see in um, in this physical realm. Because as above, so below, there's there's a correspondence to what we see in the physical and in the mythologies, you know, because the mythologies right. are just actually tailored after the physical um, whenever we created them in the first place. Right. So just wanted to throw that, throw that out there. Facts. It says the niggas in New York say facts. Facts. Facts, son. Indeed. Dead ass, B. <laughs> Real rap, kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, on that note, if ain't nobody got nothing else, I don't know where that nigga at talking about the family reunion, but... <laughs> If if nobody got nothing else, we, um, we're gonna wrap this thing up. Always appreciate everybody tuning in. To Masters of the Cosmos, to the Masters of the Cosmos show, live here on First World Order Radio. Trying to see what we're gonna play when we go out. I ain't got no new shit on here, I don't think. Uh, oh, yeah, I do. But anyway, um, make sure you get over to mastersofthecosmos.com. Get registered for the class, October 13th, Dream Decoding 101. We got a whole bunch of new classes coming. As we just alluded to earlier, we're going to do a class on um, this new this new master altar template that came down today. And we're going to have a guest teacher that's going to be in on the class too, drafting niggas, you know, so stay tuned for that. Um, also get over there and get a copy of my book, The Lies Behind the Ties. It's excellent gateway from religion to actual spirituality. Make sure you get over to Dr. com and patronize um, Dr. Aileen and Sister Kadira. We give thanks to them for opening up the platform and allowing us to get down. And we remind you, as always, stay down until you get up. And when you get up, Stay down. Peace. I know you're rich. I know you got $40 billion. But can you just keep it to one house? You only need one house. And if you only got two kids, can you just keep it to two rooms? I mean, why well, have 52 rooms and you know there's somebody with no rooms? It just don't make sense. All of us, one by one. 
Every day I write a 16 to keep me fresh like dentine. I'm old school, but I still need new green. The dungeon where the dragon breathe fire and torch things. Better known as the studio, the light I am holding. I guess you can call me Illuminati. It's me and my hottie. Hold the light in our bodies, projecting and star watching. Checking the cosmos while sipping the cosmo. Being stupid, it costs more than I'm willing to pay, bro. So I separate from the masses and look in life with new glasses. The time is fast, it just passes. The future's here and it's massive, huh? You can't run from it, you can't dumb numb it, simplifying humdrumming. If you got it figured out, then let me know the secret. You're just confused as I am, let's be honest, let's keep it. 100 weather sober up blunted, this is HJ live and direct, ain't no front. Ain't no front, this is real, yeah, pop. No, no front. Ain't no front. No front. Ain't no front. To real and no front. Ain't no front, ain't no front. No front. The government give you Jesus jobs and junk food. I'm on another tip like sexual kung fu. Tantra mantra, watch me man up. If the God's with me, bow your back and stand up. Soy periodista, e activista, politico, silencio, e-ha. This is God hop, archetypal bars. I tempt the pendulum, dancing with the stars. Spectacular specs, I see faults. Peace the pectoralis, pop or squeeze hard. On any rapper, any actor, I'm the factor. I'm the fact, none divisible, the one they coming after. They're coming Don't make after. me David Banner, turn a hulk and grab you. Split you down the middle, dissect and tag you. Walking etymologist, ghetto psychologist. Looking for a botanist with a herbal hypothesis. No front. Ain't no front, it's real hip hop. No, no front. Ain't no front. No front. Ain't no front. To real no front. Ain't no front, ain't no front. No front. MCs be scooting when my tongue starts shooting. The king be young and bad face like Vladimir Putin. XJ the truth in the booth, I bust loose. When the game is on the line, I run the rock produce. The clutch rapper, big mic, black lack of dapper. Down south originating, father, fifth factor. The mighty lyricist, linguist, legitimate. So moist, the my basic sentiment. I rip off any rooftop base from the tenement. My schedule is tentative to the dollars and cents is fit. Cause every line is a dime, no duds, only the buds. Mature flow hit you in the brain with a thud. So catch the Holy Ghost when I bless a 16. Fill it in your heart, liver, kidney, stomach, and spleen. When I'm on the scene, don't front, just lean. Chill, keep your composure, let the chorus sing. No front. Ain't no front, this is real hip hop. No front. Ain't no front. No front. Ain't no front. To real and no front. Ain't no front, ain't no front. No front.